Hallelujah. Come on now. Ain't it good to be in the house of God at 8.30 in the morning, Sunday morning. Anyone else love being in the house of God? Man, I get to do this three times every week. And I love it as much at 10.30 as I do at 8.30 as I do at 6 p.m. I just love being in the house of God. Anybody else? Come on now. Man, I am excited about today. I love that song. You're the God who fights for me. You're the God who fights for me. You're not alone. You, you may be in a battle, but God will fight for you. God will stand there and fight for you. I love Psalm 23. I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love the, the word picture that comes into my head when, when I think about God preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What I picture is this. There's people out there with rockets and people out there with grenades and people out there with bazookas. There's people out there, there with, with rifles and, and they're all pointed at me. And God's like, see all that? I got this. You sit down and have a steak. So I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to nourish my soul on the Word of God. I'm going to have a steak. I'm going to have some OJ. Come on now. And God's going to fight for me. Church, God's going to fight for you. Hey, guys. God's going to fight for you. Amen. I don't know who that was for, but I just wanted to encourage someone today and tell you that God's going to fight for you. And right now... This morning, just sit down in the presence of God and eat the Word, the bread of life. Have a meal. He's prepared this table for you in the presence of your enemies, and He's going to fight for you. Amen. Can someone say amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, hey, so this morning, we've got, uh, we've got Brian Head Welch from Corn. It didn't come through the main speakers, whatever you just said. <laughs> We've got, I just drew attention to things that were supposed to not be drawn attention to, didn't I? Yeah, sorry about that. So, we've got Brian Welch coming. Could you guys give him a, just a, a, a Clive and an Audubon welcome to Eternity Church. Come on. All right. If we're going to do it, I need my jacket off. Oh. There it is. There we go. There we go. Good morning, everybody. There it is. He's not used to being on stage. Nah. Nah. <laughs> so, Sorry, oh, I good. thought you guys turned the mic on. Not them. The guy in the back. There we go. Well, we, we're going to do something different this morning. We're going to have a bit of a Q&A, all right? So we're just going to talk um, about, uh, about, about your life and about what God's done in Brian's life. And, and uh, hopefully that some of this conversation would encourage you, would inspire you if you're in a dark spot, um, that, that, that it would give you hope. Um, maybe you're in a good spot. 
We just want to give you something to rejoice about. Amen. And remember that he's the God who fights for me. Amen. So God bless you, mate. Um, what are you preaching on again? Um, does, it's a joke. Australian puns. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> Y'all may take your seats. So, yeah, I don't drink coffee, but cowboy, man, you should have seen him fang it in the parking lot. He fanged it? Yeah, do y'all know what fang it means? Hands up if you know what fang it means. All right, what's it mean? Drive fast, foot to the floor. Mm. And he fanged it. Yeah, yeah. that's the first Australian uh, thing that you got to explain because there's a lot of them. He's teaching me a lot of Australian uh, lingos. Well, and fang came up naturally though because like... We, you know, all, like our cars were like destroyed by hail, which was fun. And it was like, you know, and so like our car, we, it was like two days ago that Lauren's car got replaced, right? And so, you know, she'd been driving this thing with like shattered windshields and dents all over it for a few, like eight weeks or whatever else, but it's all good. And, um, um, but anyway, so we, um, so then we got a, a new car finally from Diamonds. Thanks guys, you're amazing. And um, oh, by the way, they also had all the cars out the front there at the men's event too, which was super nice. They do it every time, they're legends, serving hearted people. Um, but we got this car and we got in it and I'm like, this thing is so fast. So we fanged it. Fanged it. It's a new one for me. Yeah, we fanged it everywhere. <laughs> so y'all want to know something funny though. We got that car on Thursday night. And um, so I was like, hey, wifey, can, can, I'm just going to use that to take, um, you know, Brian and Jimmy and drive them around in the new clean car. You know what she said? She said no. I used to be famous in the 90s. That's what she said. She said if it was the 2000s, we'd have been, yes. She's like, no. I'm like, it's Brian Welch. She's like, it's my new car. I want to drive it on day one. I'm like, she said no to you. Oh, I, got, I got the beat up, what is it called? Infinity. Infinity 2022. <laughs> now, if you work at Willis, it is not beat up, all right? Where are they? Are they here? Are they here? It is, we, it is not beat up. We did not beat it up, all right? It was sarcasm because it's a really nice car. Yeah, like, exactly. They're both on the same level. It's, it's, <laughs> exactly. That makes sense. But, uh, and we have not done any damage but, to it. But so. Cowboy went mudding in the infinity, so... Uh. He did. And then you got in last night, and it was all over your black coat. <laughs> Wasn't it? Yes. All the mud from yeah. his car. So, okay. maybe anyway. We should get, maybe we should get focused. Yeah. On, <laughs> sorry, my we friend. We could goof off all day, right? I'm, oh, sorry, I'm easily distracted, because my brother used to do drugs. And so... <clears throat> So. Yes, he stole my line. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you like that? Come on. But no, um, but no, anyway, we wanted to talk about you. Tell us about just that, that your, like your childhood, your, your early, early life, right? And how you fell in love with music. How, how did that all come about? Oh, so amazing. I feel like music was um, my savior when I was young because I didn't know anything about God. And I feel like God let it be something that was a very powerful tool um what what got me was remember i mean everybody knows who queen is now right because of the movie yeah but i was there when it <laughs> came out um another one bites the dust and all that and i got that eight track tape it it was a block a plastic block 
that you put in. Do you know? You're old. You're old. And uh, I don't think we had them in Australia. So people would talk about eight track takes and we'd be like, what are they? Did we have them? I don't think so. You don't think? And you're a little bit younger, mate. Well, you probably don't know how, mate. I should have on the Barbie. My wife's older, so I was checking with her. And so, no. <laughs> I won't even say what she just did. But uh, I will say that I wanted to play drums first. Oh, yeah. And my dad tricked me. He was like... Do you know how many pieces that drum sets have, you know? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He goes, every time you go play somewhere, you're going to have to carry all those pieces. And I'm like a lazy kid, right? <laughs> I just want to bang it in my house, but I didn't think about the future. He goes, why don't you play guitar or something? And thank God, because I'm, I'm a gringo. I'm white. I got no, I can't do rhythm like that on different, <laughs> all four limbs. All like you can't. Limbs. No. So yeah, I got into it, but, um, so ACDC was yeah. my thing. Akadaka. After Queen, yeah. Akadaka, what? That's what they call it in Australia, Akadaka. Really? Yeah. Foster's <laughs> Australian for beer. But uh, aren't, aren't they from, aren't ACDC, some of them from Australia too? All of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah. <laughs> Is That's that what? like our most famous thing. <laughs> Like it's like it goes Akadaka, Brian Houston, and, and then me and Lauren. <laughs> Sorry. This is so fun. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. This is way cool to wake me up. Just make it having fun. But uh, so then I got Nazi Osborne, Randy Rhodes was my hero, Eddie Van Halen, God rest their souls, and uh, and Iron Maiden was huge. And I just dove, and then I got into the like the hair metal, like Motley Crue and Rat. I really oh, yeah. loved them, and I just really loved the guitar sounds. That was the main thing. Yeah. I love the songs and the lyrics and whatnot, but um, I got bullied in seventh grade a, a lot, even by like friends that I hung out with. They just thought it was funny to gang up on me and yeah. and make me cry and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I met I Good met friends. a kid named Kevin and his mom, Kim, and uh, they brought me in, in eighth grade, they brought me in and just like befriended me. They lived down the street from me and I, I got away from the bullies and they told me about Christ and everything. Yeah. They, they, you know what's crazy? They never went to church. I, I say that I never went to church when I received Christ at 12, but they didn't even go. They yeah. lived it in their house, yeah. in their home. Now it's not, I, I don't, I'm not saying that's right because I think it's good to gather, you know, yeah. but it was just a trip that but they- it's more than the gathering. Yeah, they displayed yeah. it. Yeah. And I just remember that there was, there's a kindness and a peace in their family that we didn't always have in my family. So I was drawn to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, unreal. And, but music is like worship. Like God created music, you know? Yeah. And so music's worship, you know? And so it's powerful and it'll get people and, it, and it's going to take you somewhere, isn't it? Like, and so... Um, and I just love that it's part of the journey to get you to Christ, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Unreal. And, but I mean, I was, I was probably like just, it's art, right? Yeah. And I'm an artist. Yeah. So I was just drawn to it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was probably off balance, but God, God's fine. Yeah, God used <laughs> it. He knows God, what he's doing. Exactly. He, he'll, he'll get you where he wants you. Yeah. And so, um, and then um, now you, uh, you mentioned last night, um, sorry, on Friday night too, that all, all the band members, all the OG band members, 
you all went to school together, right? Or you're all friends when you were young. Yeah. And so, and then, uh, and then what age were you guys, what age were you when you guys started, like when it was corn, not, not all these other, you know, Daft Punk bands or whatever else, and <laughs> that your, <laughs> whatever it is your friends went through, all the, all the phases your friends went through, not you. Right. You never did that, right? Like, well, like, you were always metal, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Who was your favorite bands growing up, like at 10 years old? Uh, <laughs> DC Talk. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, anybody else, though? Like, give me a Z. Come on. Like. Did you, didn't you, like... <laughs> Maybe <co> Newsboys. <laughs> did you color outside the lines at all? Did you? I had a girlfriend for a day. Okay. You know, and uh, but you, was, you weren't allowed to listen to any secular music. No, I was allowed. I just, I was like, just let's go. You know, there's no band that you like, like Goo Goo Dolls or something. No, like I listened to ACDC. My dad, my I, like my, my dad had Led Zeppelin playing a lot, um, um, and um, and he had what's his lips, um, uh, Pink Floyd. Um, all, all you the say? What's his lips? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's Australian for that guy, you know, old mate over there. Yeah. So, you know, I had all that stuff. A lot of country music, you know, John, John Williams. Oh, yeah, country's big in Australia, right? Yeah, huge, yeah. huge. You had heaps of country yeah. music. Like, yeah. I could sing you some. But I was always metal because, yeah, I just, I, I like the straight beat, you know. I just like to bang my head. Yeah. I don't need all this funk music. I don't, or our bass player was into Duran Duran. Yeah. Oh, really? But then he's so good at, like, comebacks and everything because yeah. I make fun of him and he was like, all every girl in school liked that band, yeah. so that was his excuse. All the girls liked them. Yeah. So, so what are you gonna I argue? With, yeah. to, it, and at you, that what point, you, what else did you care about? Right. So. And he's like, "What do you have to talk about these girls? Ozzy, Iron Maiden. Yeah. Right. All they want to talk about is Duran Duran. So I get to talk to them all day. So good now, point. Now, now, to be clear, you asked me what was my favorite when I was ten. Yeah. All right. So then, when I went to school. Right, then, then on the bus we had Blink-182, Green Day, okay, you know, okay. like Presidents yeah, yeah. and, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, so come on, like, I, I, I knew some stuff okay, when I got older, I but I didn't start listening to, like, heavy metal until I went to Bible college and had some friends, <laughs> so, <laughs> and had, <laughs> that does seem normal, doesn't it, so, yeah. But, um, you know, it's crazy, too, I mean, we're just conversating, right? I used to love, like, Green Day and... And all that stuff too. When they came out, like I was metal and dark and, and corn yeah. that stuff and heavy, but I always loved melody and I love that stuff. And yeah, yeah, I want to go see Blink in July. So, oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I listened. I, I think I had every record of Blink One Eight Two, and yeah. so like I loved Blink One Eight Two. But um, now speaking of like just just metal bands or whatever else that, that you listen to, um, on uh, earlier this week, uh, one of our staff who shall remain nameless sent a text message to the staff group thread saying, "Hey, who knows like some like some like clean um, like just songs like metal songs that we can play." in the lobby at the men's event. She was trying to make a playlist. And so just send your favorite songs. So I wrote back, my favorite song was How Great Thou Art by Korn. And I thought that that was like clearly a joke. You know, like I did. I'm like, this is clearly a joke. And then a few minutes later, we get this sweet message. Oh, 30 minutes. <laughs> a while later, we get this sweet message saying, so, are you serious about how great thou art by Korn? Because I'm having a hard time finding it and my gullible radar is going off. <laughs> so, we're just like, this was amazing. So, but anyway. See, see, see what you could do. 
she res she respects you as a leader, and you're messing with her. See, did you what'd you learn? I want to know the lesson you learned. Uh, uh, the emoji is important. <laughs> Put it afterwards. So. I love emojis. Yeah, so. You know it's cool. My my parents are in their 80s and they're using the emojis like like a seven year old. It's just like so cool. <laughs> it's so cool, man. I love emojis. Do you have a me emoji? Um, like a, a me? You know the me emojis that you make on Apple, where it's like oh, oh yeah, yeah, I got a me emoji. I yeah. want to see that one at okay. some point. Yeah. So okay. can you, you yeah you need to text that to me and I will yeah. like put it up somewhere for everyone to see. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Because I would love to know what your emoji looks like. Anyone else want to know what? Yeah, go. Well, put There's it, even a emoji that looks like me. You can, you can, anybody can make it look like themselves. It's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um, but anyway, so then, anyway, you, how old did you say you guys were when you, um, when you, when, when you started corn? Uh, like we after were, the other about, phases they went through? Yeah, about 23 years old. 23. That's when I joined. And yeah, we started it. Um, Huntington Beach Pier, we came up with the name Corn. Our singer came up with it. We thought it would be weird, but it's, it's either you hate it or love it, but you would never forget it. That's what we you came won't. up with. And, then, and you surf there every year, right? Yes, I like it. Huntington Beach that's, is my favorite place to surf. Because I'm not man. tough enough for the places a bit further south. That's okay. And so Sean somewhere. likes it too. And so right here, this Sean. Yep. You're a surfer? Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on. Do you go with him? He's killer. Do you talk to that 94-year-old man with him, too? Yeah, Jim. Uh, glad that was a true story. Yeah, right? Yeah. Whoa. He's like, what, man? No. no but, uh, but, uh, now, Judah wanted to know, um, why is the R backwards? And I said, because it's cool. Is that basically right? I mean, look at all these names. It's a branding thing, you know? There we go. But, I mean, they came up with Google. It's like the biggest name in the world, you know? And what is it? It's a made-up name. Right? Yeah. Google. And so, no, back then, I think, I think it was subconscious with the toys R us, the backwards R. Um, uh, also, this is a fun fact. In Bakersfield, California, country was big. Um, Buck Owens, Merle Haggard, streets of Bakersfield. Come on. <laughs> Woo-yee-haw! Uh, but there was a show called Hee Haw, and the radio station on Hee Haw was what? K-O-R-N. So I think really? there was subconscious things going uh, on, you know? There you go. But uh, yeah, it was really cool. And, um, and then Jonathan, it was his idea. He's like, we could spell it. We could, we could make it like ug ugly looking like a kid is trying to spell corn and they spell it wrong with a, with a K and a backwards R. Because the first record was a lot about getting bullied, child yeah. abuse and stuff like that. Yeah. Relationship issues. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was, that was his thinking. And yeah. I thought it was a great idea. Brilliant, brilliant, like like Thank accidental twenty three year old marketing. Yeah, that just it wasn't like nailed it. Yeah, yeah. It, we weren't branding like a geniuses. It just kind of like hey, it, let's do this, man. It's cool. No one was paid to sit in a room and be like, how can we market these new sneakers? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And then you guys, um, your what year was it when you guys? Uh, was starting to get like known outside of Bakersfield. Where, when did that start happening? Well, we. We, we started off in Huntington Beach. Oh, that's right, yeah. So we got known in Huntington Beach first. Okay. And then we started putting... Um, I just want to be ready for my notes when we get to the good stuff. <laughs> this isn't the good stuff. But uh, <laughs> it's part of the good stuff. But uh, so it's a thing where um, 
we 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 made stickers, plastered them all over Huntington Beach on stop signs, on yeah. everywhere, on bus stops, everything. And it was just like corn. And everyone's like, "What's corn? What yeah. is that? Is that a, is that a skate a skate brand?" Or da da da. Yeah. Found out it was a band. People started coming to watch us play Huntington Beach. We got really big in Huntington. Then we started playing L.A. Um, started filling the clubs. We did anything and everything we could to fill the clubs. We we even rented a school bus and put a keg on the back of the school bus and charged people like 10 bucks. And they rode with us, 50 people rode up and we, anything you can do to get record companies' attention. Yeah. So what gets their attention? To fill the club. Yeah. And then they, well, who's this band? Corn. Mm. There's a band called Corn. They're filling the club and they come and see our crazy live show. Yeah. Dreadlocks flying everywhere, but yeah. we're dressed hip hop. It's like, it didn't make sense. And it's cause we were fans of everything. We were fans of fashion. We were fans of hip hop. We were fans yeah. of, of death metal, industrial, smashing pumpkins, mm. green day. It was like a mixture of everything. Yeah. And so we got their attention and eventually they signed us, went to record in Malibu, started touring. Yeah. That was it. And yeah. then it started growing from there. And then at the same time, would you say that your, like your struggles that are pretty well known, right? Because um, you, you've been open about them for how, 20 years now, right? Like, or 15 years, whatever. Um, would you say that, um, that, that it's like the, the more you guys were finding success, that, this, that the struggles and the pain and the demons, so to speak, in your life were like climbing with you? Oh, yeah. Like immediately? Good. Yeah, I, I noticed the darkness right away, especially touring with like Marilyn Manson, Danzig, and uh, Megadeth, and just just seeing the dark stuff that would go on backstage yeah. and whatever, and just uh, it was just dark. But then we were we were wanting to be Motley Crue, yeah. you know. It's like you hear of Motley Crue and and what they've done in the party scene, and we wanted to do that in the what, '90s version. Yeah. Now I'd say like two or three of the guys more than the other two. I, I, I didn't really like love love that. I, I I liked the music more and just the, the the brotherhood, but it became this like crazy debauchery and everything. Yeah. Like backstage, like we had um, we had security guards and they were only allowed to hand out backstage passes to girls and like yeah. they would have to leave their boyfriends out there if they were coming back. All yeah. this crazy stuff and uh, so, but that mixed with drugs and like i said the other night it's like the, the, um this says the bible says like in that lifestyle of of sin and everything there's pleasure for a season yeah but then he's gonna let you reap everything you sowed yeah <laughs> because if you if you sow to the flesh it reaps destruction if you sow to yep. the spirit it reaps life and you come alive so we sowed to the flesh yeah. and destruction started to come yep. back to us yeah, and exactly. Like, the reason people do it is they like it. Like, it's not like sin's this thing where people... Like, we, I always say it's funny how people talk about how they fall into sin. Like, we don't fall in. We're like, that looks amazing. Let's do it. I didn't you know? fall into that maple donut earlier. Exactly. You're like, right? this looks amazing. Oh, oh. Fell on it and then start licking my <laughs> exactly. face. No, it's like, amazing. It's because it's fun, because it's yeah. pleasurable, because it, it feels good. And then, but again, but but then it's going to destroy you. And and yeah. and sin's not sin because God's up there and I'm like, don't have fun. He's like, no, that that's going to hurt. So don't do that. Yeah. You know. I, I I see a scripture that really for years it has just like made me th things that make you go hmm. Yeah. It says that, that he has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. Yeah, it's well. like it's like we're we're drawn to this stuff 
And our whole life as a classroom, our whole lesson that we're supposed to learn is that this stuff, they're lesser gods and they don't satisfy in hopes that we will come to him because this all everything else will not satisfy us. Yeah. And I found that out pretty quickly yeah. because I was given everything. Yeah. The money you, came quickly. Would you say the, the, cars, the, the fame, houses. the cars, the money, the yeah. women, the, would you say that with it, it was all like not there and then a couple of years and boom, it's all there? Yeah. It was like that quick? Yeah. I was at the MTV Awards, walked in with Jennifer Lopez and – and I sat behind Eminem and Dr. Dre, and we knew, like, like all those guys. Mm. And, um, and I got on stage to win an award from Christina Aguilera, mm. and I'm sitting in my brain going, I had a, a dented-up Toyota Celica two years ago or three years ago. <laughs> How am I standing here with all these people, you yeah. know? Yeah. It didn't make sense. And that was the cool part of it, climbing up, finding success. I'm like, how did I get here? That type of thing. But... After that, there was a no cool fan. moment, right? After yeah. that, ended up in a just surreal moment. I walked into this bar as a tiny after party. Only a few people could get in. And there was Paul McCartney talking to Madonna at the bar. And I walk in there and I'm like, this is like the stuff people dream of. Mm. And I went to the bathroom and did cocaine and mm. ruined the whole time at the bar. Mm. That could have been amazing. And... My wife and I got in a fight. She ended up like punching me in the face later that night. It was just like, it was it was the dark side of yeah. the glamour, you know, that yeah. that really started to eat away, you know, because I was sowing into the flesh again. I was sowing to the flesh. And because there's nothing wrong with riches, nothing wrong with fame. See, like what, scripture doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil, right? If money's your god, and then and same with fame. There's nothing wrong with fame. There's nothing wrong with having things and stuff and and joy, pleasure in your life. The question is, where's the pleasure coming from? Is it is it godly or ungodly? But but what's the foundation, right? And that's something that you talked about a little bit is that all that stuff that came so fast was built on with just like this. Almost no foundation at all. Oh, zero. No. I was, I was a teenager and I wanted to do music. I, I moved to L.A., got started corn and everything, and then we started touring. Like, I never really matured. And that's it's a like, lot of weight for some rotten stumps. Right. Mm. And it's like, here, you guys, you can be a kid and have a career, and you could drink all day at your career, and you could, you could do anything you want because no one's going to tell you no you hire everybody to say yes to you, anything you want. Yeah. So you can't mature in that atmosphere. You can't. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. Yeah, after, after just time and living that way and just being just boys mm -hmm. the whole time, rock star boys. And then, but at the same time, we wanted to mature. A longing inside of us yeah. wanted to get married. All of us got married and started having kids. You know, we wanted to progress in life, but we were always boys in our mind and we would go act like boys on the road. So the wives ended up leaving. Their hearts knew that we were cheating, even though we said, we've never cheated. We don't mm. do that. We're faithful. Mm. But we were lying. Yeah. All five of us were lying. So they ended up divorcing us because the hearts know. You said it was like, was it like one year where all five band members ended up divorced or something? It was a, it was a, a couple I think it years. Was a, it was within two to three, but no more than three. Yeah. That all five got divorced. Wow. All five. And so... It was a thing where we were, we had the girlfriends before we got signed, you know, and we really did care for them, you know, but it's just the, the, the pitfalls and the, yeah. I mean, if, you know, women throwing yourself, themselves at you in yeah. your, in your 
you don't have any kind of God or, and, you know, discipline or there's no self like, control. Yeah, there's no know? like deep ethics in your hearts that are saying, I can't do this or, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said earlier on or a Friday night, I think I was, that wasn't my main thing because I don't know. It just wasn't, uh, my main thing was alcohol and drugs. You know, yeah. the, the women were, you know, that was, I, I dibble dabbled, but that wasn't my main addiction. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. The, um, and then you talked about a moment. Um, there's a few times you tried to get clean from drugs and alcohol, um, and then uh, it just didn't work. There was one time you went, went, was it four or five months? You were working out, eating healthy, and all this gear, and then 9-11 yeah. uh, came, right? Yeah. Yeah, over yeah. and over, like, I tried to get... I knew drugs weren't good, and, I, you know, I'd, I'd do cocaine on the road, and then at night and then I would do Xanax to go to sleep and then I'd wake up like feeling really weird and I just you know eat something horrible and then yeah. and I start drinking and then the buzz would make me forget about the cocaine hangover and it, it was a cycle but I knew it was bad, not good for me you know but yeah. it was just everywhere and then I got home I tried to be a good dad and a, and a good husband but then me and my wife were we're partners in crime sometimes with crystal meth, you know, yeah. we knew it was bad. So we would do it once in a while and then not do it for a couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. I should have been the, the, the man in the house, the good husband and came and taking care of my two girls, you know, yeah. but I was an addict and I would talk myself into doing it just one night, you yeah. know, and then it would mess up the whole week because yeah. meth come down. It's, it's a rage fit. Like yeah. when you come down off meth and we, me, we would get in physical fights, me and my, my wife and everything. And so mm. just really bad up and down. Then I'd say, okay, this time we're not going to do it for real. We're not going to like, yeah. let's not do it. After messing up so many times coming home between tours, my wife ended up getting hooked on meth like, like full hot. time. Like, full time. yeah, That's every when day. She left me. And for I a skinhead, you said? Yeah. A Nazi or something? Yeah. yeah Did crazy. you ever do any drugs when you were growing up? Or no? Like try pot or anything like that? No, or nothing. Was it everywhere in Australia? I, I, it didn't feel like it, but I grew up on a farm. So, <laughs> you know. So there's like, nothing. Cow 342 didn't really offer to sell me anything. Did so you ever eat any of those uh, mushrooms that naturally grew underneath the cow dung? No, we have mushrooms in Australia called death caps that will kill you if you eat them. And so tourists always die eating our mushrooms. It's hilarious. So good so, for you, guys. The like, Lord it's, protected it's not like, you. It's like not not like a, not like a uh, prejudiced things, but we Australia is close to Asia, so we have a lot of Asian tourists, um, and and there's a lot of mushrooms in Asian food, and um, and so like every couple of years there'll be like someone from China or somewhere like in hospital dying from death cap mushrooms that they fed their whole family, and you're like this for real for real. Wow. It's like, you're like, you know, just, just buy your mushrooms at the store. Wow. This will be healthier. That's what, that's what we do. That's what you should do. I find in Iowa they have, um, what, what are the mushrooms that y'all like obsess over? Morels. And they, they go mushroom hunting. I'm like, you're not hunting a mushroom. It's not running away from you. <laughs> like... <clears throat> They, 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 like all of them. Hands up if you go mushroom hunting, right? I'm like, what do you got a gun? Are you lining it up in your sights? Like, you're not hunting. You're finding them, and they're not even hiding. Anyway, so that's what they do in Iowa. But, uh, but and back then they to do, they do raccoon hunting too. They do, right? and so and, and it's crazy because when we moved to Iowa ten years ago, um, I saw a truck and it said coon hunter on the back, and I was like. What? 
I'm like, that's nuts. Because that's a really bad word in Australia. And I don't know how, it's obviously not in Iowa because it's short for raccoon. And I'm like, so I'm like raccoon hunting. But I didn't know that. I was just like, wow, your racists are like out there. Like owls at least You're pretend like, they're not. Iowa. Yeah. Wow. It was like, Lord. yeah. Anyway, so, that was weird. So my, my boy Jimmy was, we were going to go raccoon hunting, and then uh, Cowboy was going to take us. Where is he? But, uh, Cowboys. Yo, yo, sorry, my, uh, my boy flaked on him last yeah. night. Though. Sorry about that. I know it hurt. But, uh, he made his own decisions. Yeah. Well but, done, uh, man. But, but yeah, back, back to the story. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I went from mushrooms to raccoons sorry, to yeah. racism to, like, let's not do that, and then back to this. Because I wanted to have a conversation, you know, yeah. so I, I, I want to ask about Australian uh, stuff, too. So no drugs in Australia, plenty of drugs in the corn tour. And probably yeah. lots of drugs in Australia. My brother was an addict his whole life. So he's a good man, but he has struggled since he was young. So, okay. you know, I, I've been out with his friends where, um, you know, if he's, <laughs> he's supposed to be looking after me <laughs> if he's watching this anyway. Um, I, I love you, bro. I've been there, bro. Joel. No judgment. Joel, Joel's a good guy. He's got a real good heart, um, really wants to know God, you know, but, and just, just struggles with some things. But, um, but he, he'd be supposed to looking after me and mum and dad are like, look after Jesse. So we get in his red Commodore VL, no, not VL, VB Commodore, and then we would go for a drive for like three hours. We'd be at his house. Him and his mates were getting baked, and I'm there going, "What is happening in this place?" I'm like, "I got to go outside," you know. And so that was my brother's babysitting. And wow. so I remember eight years old. Um, so, my parents worked. My mom was a nurse. My dad was a banker. And and uh, this this neighbor would watch us. I think they're they're teenage kids. And we would go there, and they would just be burning weed. Like, and, and I'm seven years old, just right there. And then they would have makeout contests with their, with their girlfriends and boyfriends, you know? It's a contest. Yeah, and they would just be like, you'd be staring at them like. <laughs> I was seven. Like, uh... Yeah, and so that's kind of like I grew up watching this stuff happen. And a lot of people, were, like my family, there's been a lot of addiction, right? A lot of, lot of struggles. Um, and I've got a great family, all good people, and they, they've all got really good hearts and they all want to do the right thing. Um, you know, well, from a worldly perspective, they're good people, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and, but, but, the, but there's been a lot of addiction, you know, like grandparents all the way deep, right? Um, and then, and same in, with my brothers and sisters. And um, I was fortunate, I know it's a strange thing, I was fortunate I was born with a hole in the heart. And so my doctors, every time we went to see my cardiologist, they were like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And really? So, yeah. That's like a physical hole in your heart? And, and that kind of yeah. kept you? Yep. From, wow. And then, but, but, but mind you, a lot of other people had that stew and still did it, you know. Yeah, but yeah. for me, I was just like, and that was maybe not why I didn't do any of it. It's just why I didn't when I was younger. Mum and dad sort of watching me a bit more. Yeah. Um, but then, um, you know, around 14, 15, by that point, I had just decided that look at all these people in my lives and look what drugs and alcohol are doing to them. I don't want that. And so a lot of people will see that and emulate that. And, you know, like monkey see, monkey do, right? And so kids often end up in the same cycles and struggles of their families. Um, I saw my dad struggle with alcohol his whole life. And he's a really good man and he loves Jesus, but it's, it's had him, you know. And I, I, I saw my brother struggle with drugs and alcohol his whole life still to this day. And so I was always like, I, I don't want that in my life, you know, that my kids are never going to see me like that, you know. And that's what I, the point I got to. Mm living in the corn doing all the drugs and alcohol and, and then when my wife left it's crazy she left with this skinhead guy got like the worst type of guy you know like at least 
you know, go up another step for me. She went down. <laughs> he was a he was a, a Nazi skinhead, and she she left him, and she said she was going to take half my money and go yeah. run off with the skinhead. And I'm like, I will yeah. murder before I give this guy money. And yeah. but um, but I ended up getting custody, and I was going of, of my daughter Tanea, and I tried to get clean again, couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, back and forth, ended up settling on a smaller amount with my wife. And, you know, um, next thing you know, I'm, I moved back to Bakersfield where it all started. I'm hooked on crystal meth. Mm. And uh, I swore I wasn't going to do crystal meth again because of what it did to her. You know, like, yeah. how can a drug make you go off with a skinhead, white pride supremacist? Yeah. Yeah. Like, she lost her mind. So mm. I'm like, I'm staying far away from that. Yeah. That, but that went too far. So I had a mixture of feeling guilty because I, I allowed it and brought it in my house, you know, and then she got really hooked. So I felt kind of responsible, but then I felt like I hated her because like, how come I even yeah. was going to forgive her if she came back to the family? Cause yeah. I felt so bad for my daughter and, mm. and I, I would have given anything for her to have a, a mom and mommy and daddy, you know, together. Yeah. So I was going to forgive it and everything yeah. and go to counseling. It just didn't work. But, uh, yeah. so, um, one night, in between tours, I was hanging out with some friends. This guy was like a multimillionaire. He had more millions than I did, and and you know, I tried to impress him, and he he had he had a connect with um, some some methamphetamines, and I ended up doing it. I was like, I'll just do it once, just with yeah. this guy, man. He's he's successful. He's not a a, yeah. a meth head, crazy meth head. If he can do it one night, I can. So I ended up doing it. Yeah. And for some reason, the addiction spirit grabbed just me. Snapped. And it's like, I've, I've done speed over and over in the previous 10 years, and I could do it one night and not do it. For some reason, I was thrown into a pit of, of addiction with meth after hanging out with that dude. Mm. I, it was really, like, really good meth. I don't know what you can say, but, but I, uh, I got the dude's number who, got, who gave it to us, and I ended up getting it on my own without that guy knowing and then we had a Lincoln Park tour with uh, Project Revolution. I don't know if anybody remembers that tour of Snoop Dogg, Lincoln Park, and uh, and uh, a bunch of other bands they used. And and I I grabbed like three eight balls from this meth dealer and then took it on the road. And that led a two year addiction with methamphetamine. Seven hundred days I used the meth every day, straight every day. Mm. And can you believe it? I was only going to do it one time, and it turned into 700 days. But it's Christ. cool because the thing that happened was I got to a place where I was in a cage. I, was, I put myself in, a, in a, a prison of addiction. I couldn't get myself out. Yeah. And you tried other times to stop yeah. doing things before, like there's the pool incident and then different other situations before, right? Yeah. And you just couldn't get out. In a bird's eye view, I feel like God was like, I'm going to let him have everything his flesh wants right now until he gets to the end of himself this time for good. He's mm. going to be so desperate for me that he's mm. going to have to cry out for me. Mm. And then he was going to break into my life and just say, now, now it stops here. Yeah. He had a calling for me. So he let me. Yeah fall into that prison and that dungeon it was dark it was yeah. grimy it was disgusting and i ended up in a church with some people that i hung out with they were not my christians were just sometimes christians can be very weird you know i know people think i'm weird too but like 
you know what I'm, it's the people you don't want to hang out with back in the 80s, like Ned Flanders, you know? Yeah. It's like Homer Simpson's the cool one, you know? <laughs> Ned Flanders is the goofy one. But this guy that took me to church was cool. He built monster trucks. He built hot rods. He won car shows. He was just like positive. Come on, man. Today's a good day. Come on. Hang out with me. <laughs> and he's like, bring me. To, he brought me to church. I go to church. So good. And uh, I hear about Christ. And I hear about Christ's life being able to pour into us spiritually. Mm. And he gives us the living water that he died for all of our, he died for all of my meth addiction, all of my porn addiction, all of the alcoholism. And he forgives it. If you come to him and receive forgiveness and he will give his life to you, all that. Mm. And so I, I, I raised my hand and received Christ. And, and, but that didn't, that didn't save me the quick church experience. That's like the, that's the, the spark. Entrance, yeah. And you're supposed to go home. And, and start a relationship with Christ yourself. That's what changes you. That's the salvation of your soul when you come into a relationship with him. And I went home and I desperately started praying, mm -hmm. Jesus, if you're real, take these drugs from me. I mm -hmm. need a new life. My daughter needs a dad that she can yeah. depend on. I yeah. am a loser. I'm a scumbag. Mm -hmm. I'm a meth addict. Please make me brand new, yeah. like that pastor said. Mm -hmm. And he started to slowly make me brand new. It's that crazy. amazing. It's crazy. You ask Christ to come into your life, and you know what happens? He actually comes into your life. And come on now. And gives you Amen. a new beginning. Amen. Amen. It's crazy. And so nothing worked, right? So you, again, like I, I know we've got like, you know, about 10 more minutes. So, but, but like, so you've gone through uh, having everything and in it finding nothing. Just absolutely nothing, right? Access to anything you want, anywhere you want at any time you want, anything. And you're empty and broken and f like um, gain the whole world. And what does it profit to man to gain the whole world and lose his soul, right? Yeah, yeah. And I had that happen to me and, and I didn't understand why. That's why I, want, I got suicidal ideation like on the drugs and everything. I'm like, I have everything and it's not satisfying anything. me. It's not the meaning of life. Why I thought it was the meaning of life, yeah. and it wasn't. That's why I wanted to leave the world, because it wasn't, and it didn't make sense. And yeah. I thought I was just an ungrateful, whiny rock star, you know? But I was depressed, and thank God that he put that hole in my heart, you know? Because that stuff couldn't fill it. It was a bottomless pit. Bottomless pit. And uh, the scripture I love that we talked about, you didn't even tell me, but I was like, the scripture that God has planted, eternity in the heart of humanity, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. Eternity Church, that's the scripture where you got that, where you got yeah. the name, you and your, I don't know who came up with the name, but yeah. somebody did in your family. But, uh, but so, so once I started to receive Christ and read the word, then it started like watering that seed of eternity inside of Amen. me. And I started coming alive. And then instead of hopelessness, I was filled with hope. Yeah, I was filled with like life yeah. and life abundant yeah. and I just wanted to live and I got off the drugs and I mm. threw away the alcohol. I stopped everything and I just wanted to know Christ. Yeah. I was instantly, I thought money and fame was the meaning of life yeah. and I wanted to die because that wasn't. When mm. Christ started watering that seed of eternity inside of my soul, yep. that became the meaning of life. Amen. And so all this gifts I had, music and being well known and everything. Mm. once the foundation was right my foundation was on the rock christ mm. 
everything else is okay after that. You know, you can yeah. have the gifts, you can have the stuff. Mm. And so, I mean, I just really started to live, man. Yeah. And if, if you could tell, I'm not just coming here trying to convert anybody. <laughs> I'm really, really, really thankful 17, 18 years later for this. When I say these words of how my life changed, I will never forget how lost I was. Yeah. How, it's amazing how everything can actually equal nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then I ended up losing everything. I went bankrupt three years after I met Christ. And I had everything <laughs> inside while I lost everything on the outside. So I lost the everything I thought was everything before I lost. Yeah. And the everything that I laughed at, Christianity... Was got, everything. It was everything to me. Yeah. It's the opposite world sometimes. Yeah. But, but then... God, with a better foundation. Then, yeah, God, like, Build. God doesn't let anything to be torn away from you unless he's going to rebuild. The only, the only reason he's going to take away from you is because he has to teach you to trust him and walk in faith. Now, I prayed. I was like, Lord, be careful what you pray for. He's real. <laughs> God is real. I said, Lord, I want real faith. Like these guys in the Bible, Paul, like, he, was, he wanted... I want to know Christ and the fellowship of his sufferings yeah. and, and the power of his resurrection. I go, Lord, I want that. So <laughs> my money like, grew okay. wings. My millions of dollars just yeah. flew away. It was gone. Like, God, I want that. And he's I like, got ripped I off. got you. Yeah. All my money was gone. And so he let me be ground down to powder. He just annihilated everything that I built in yeah. my life. Yeah. And I was like frustrated sometimes, you know, but I prayed for faith. Mm. So what was my God before I met God? Money. money. I trusted in money. I trusted in money to take care of me. And I'm yeah. like, Lord, I lost my house. I lost my Beamer. It had 22 inch rims. <laughs> I lost my businesses. And I'm like, Lord. And he, go, he goes, well, you have me. Mm. that's all you need and he carried me through then he yeah. started building me back yeah blessing upon blessing yeah. upon blessing upon blessing yeah. you know so yeah I had a um it's a journey you guys it's a journey that we're going on this is like I said it probably this is probably the 16th time I've said it this week this weekend God is real amen and he starts a relationship with you he carries you through blessings and then he strips you of things and then he wants you to mm -hmm. lay things down and then he gives you double for your trouble it's a and after years on this journey you're you just see you look back at your life and you're like oh my gosh look what all he's yeah. done it's a real relationship man it's beautiful yeah the um uh the, the idea of having a firm foundation to build something on is is such a pivotal biblical concept uh, reality, I should say, not concept. It's real in your life. In Australia, we have houses and we build them on stumps. Here they dig a hole in the ground and you have a basement and you build them up there. And I don't know if in California, do they do stumps or do they do like a slab? Stumps? Yeah. And so in Australia, often the older houses would have like wooden stumps and there'd be one stump every uh, metre, which is like every three feet or so, right? And there'd be a stump in the ground, and then there's joists that go on that, then there's bearers that go on that. And, uh, and then you might get this old house, and, and uh, all the stumps might be rotten, or the joists might be rotten, or the bearers might be rotten. And then if you try and renovate that house on those stumps or on those bearers, 
everything that's built on it is just going to fall down, right? It's just not going to stand up. And so some houses, my dad being a builder, right? Some houses you've got to go in and you can, you, you've got to jack up the house and put a new foundation underneath, right? And then, and then you can let it sit back on it and everything's fine. But sometimes you've got to come and you just tear the whole thing down and rebuild it. You just got to tear it all down. What's been built on it is so broken and twisted because everything underneath it was so unbalanced and rotten that you got to tear it down. And in your life, he had to just tear it all down, didn't he? Yeah, then he rebuilds and, and he everything's rebuilds. firm and secure. And, yeah, and, and you walk through things. Okay, can I just be honest with you guys? I had a friend that cooked me and my daughter Thanksgiving a few times. She walked in her house, or her husband walked in her house with the kids, and she, she shot herself. She's gone last week, nine days ago, ten days ago. Mm, brutal. And that's like the worst things that can happen, right, in your life. Yeah. And, and especially, obviously, for the family. But, mm. like, I, couldn't, I wouldn't be able to deal with that stuff before. I would just be doing, I would run to alcohol and drugs. I'm so firm and secure because yeah. Christ has built such a, a, a solid foundation that like yep. you know i could be there for my friends you know and so when those storms come you yeah can the handle storms it will come yeah but you built your house which is your life on the rock which is christ amen and when the streams come and the storms come and beat against your house your life it won't fall because mm. the foundation is on yep. the rock amen that's amen. it amen I was a shattered, broken, really weak person before. I wouldn't be able to deal with this, you know? Yeah. So. And now you actually does. can be a bit of a rock in their lives as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So just a brutal situation. And then it does hurt. I had a few days where I was just like, you know, I, I put her through rehab and everything. I tried to help her, you know? Yeah. And so I, it hurt. It stuck. You know, I feel the pain of this, this, but I don't go into like hopelessness and. And I know there's going to be suffering in the world. Yeah. And I know what's going to be the opposite in the, in the next world. Yeah. And so I just, I, I just have so much, I so much um, faith. And I know that it's not blind faith either. It turns into, faith turns into a knowing after you walk with God for years. It's like, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so that probably leads us to honestly, the point of this whole weekend right now is, um, is that uh, there's only one place where you're going to find the hope you need. It's Jesus. And um, you, you talked about the difference between other religions and our religion where God will show himself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah like, like, there's a, like this is real. And You'll never hear of the miraculous life-changing stories than what you, do, what you will with Christ from the very beginning. Yep. If you feel guilty, the guy in the New Testament, Paul, wrote a, ma a major part of the New Testament, and he was helping to kill Christians. He persecuted Christians to their death, is his own words. Yep. I, I doubt that you're, you've done worse things than kill Christians. <laughs> and this guy wrote about the love of Christ and the forgiveness of Christ. Yes. He From knew day it. one, he has been making crazy life changes. You won't hear of these miraculous changes in any other faith. No this is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And I'm not knocking the other religions. You can believe what you want. 
you know, the other people out there, I honor everybody, you know, and what they believe, but you will, but Jesus is He's very real. clear. I am the way, the truth, and the yeah. life, and I will show you by these crazy, dramatic life changes. Yeah. A killer into a lover yeah. of people. Come on. A, a, a crazy rock star, drug addicted man, selfish, egotistical, mm. into what I hope is a humble, kind, mm giving to people you know yeah. you, you can explain that no. you know it's no, just, that doesn't happen with anything else no. that doesn't happen when you go to rehab right yeah not that there's anything wrong with rehab some some people need to go to rehab yeah. but i mean like rehab doesn't transform your life yeah it'll deal with a addiction yep you know and it's like our brother last night with uh with his son that we talked to he was he was he goes i was just like that boyfriend that took your wife away he goes i was a white supremacist and wow hatred He's in, he's in this church now. He loves God. And yeah. it's, it's like, it's a completely new person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Only Come Christ on can do, on, make yeah. a completely Amen. new person. Amen. Amen. And what we want to do now is we, um, actually, would you all mind standing up? Um, we're going to, what we want to do now is give you an opportunity to experience what Brian has experienced in your life. So. That's all I want, man. I don't, I'm not trying to convert anybody to Christianity. I just want, because the, the Lord works on desire. Yeah. Like if you desire to know him, I'm trying to like share my story in hopes that my story, you see my story in your own life and that you open up and you find the desire because the Lord is very, honoring and and kind and he won't like yeah. he won't come in unless you yeah. invite him so i just try to gently persuade people that it's real and that you would open your heart yeah. and let him in so that he can show you he's real you know yeah amen amen he will make himself real in your life and so every time he loves you and he's going to be real in your life and so let's do this um I want everyone in the room to pray a prayer with me, okay? Everyone. Um, scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. And um, I want to I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. So I'm going to say a prayer one line at a time, and I want you all, everyone in the room, together, so that no one's praying alone, together. I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me with your mouth and believe it in your heart, Okay. And then, uh, and, 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 and God will make himself real in your life. He will transform your life. I, will, I like to tell people um, that when you give your life to Christ, it doesn't mean your life's going to get easier, does it? But it does mean your life's going to get better. Right? That's good. And so, because sometimes it is easy. It was, he, gives, he gave me a balance, whereas it was a lot of suffering because I had to deal with the stuff that I was medicating and pressing yeah. down with alcoholism and drugs. The stuff's going to come up that you try not to deal with. Yeah. Okay? That's not easy. Yeah. But your life will get better. Yeah, exactly. And then sometimes after you got to deal with hard things, it gets better. Yeah. I'm sorry, it gets easier even. But what I'm trying to tell you and what we're trying to say is that it doesn't matter whether it's hard or easy. Life is better with Jesus Christ as the foundation. It's better. It's stronger. It's healthier. It's real. He loves you. He died on a cross to pay the price for your sins 
So what I want to do is I want everyone to pray with me one line at a time. And I especially want you, if you're away from Christ or if you've never had a friendship with God, I want you, especially you, to pray with us as well. All right. So if everybody in the room on stage, down the back, everyone in Audubon, everyone uh, online, everyone, repeat this prayer with me. Okay, dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on a cross for my sin and He rose again to give me life, hope, joy, peace and eternal life. I receive it all. I receive this new life with you as my Lord and my Saviour. And I receive your forgiveness for my sins. It's all the stuff I've done wrong. And I ask for your help to leave it behind and to become all you designed me to be. Speak to me, lead me, guide me and help me to live my life in a way that honours you. I love you, Lord, and I give you my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, give God some praise. Yes! Come on. Praise God. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.